Well, this is uh, episode 13 of the Dungeon Bros Podcast. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. Ooh, that is Sam, all right. Sam, he am, if you will. Uh, we're recording this the day after the D&D Direct live stream. There's a lot to talk about. A whole lot to talk about. And it is early in the morning. At least for me. o'clock. I mean, when you get home at like 12.30 from work, it do be like that. But that I also forgot to pull my notes out in the process of setting this up. That's okay. Uh, I have all of mine also typed up. Wonderful. So uh, we'll we'll get to everything that happened in the D and D direct as the podcast goes on. But first, Samuel. But first. Yes. We had a prompt. We did. And it 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 kind of broke me a little bit. Mostly because of the responses that I had received on the internet to this prompt offended me to my core. We are all aware of the MILF and the DILF, Mm -hmm. the mother I would like to fuck, and the father, or in this case, the daddy that I would like to fuck. Yes. We also know of the cougar, which is the older female that is on the prowl trying to get younger men. Yes. We were trying to come up with what is the name for the older male Mm -hmm. that is on the prowl for younger women. Now, first of all, I think that doesn't have a name because people find that to be much creepier than an older woman on the prowl for a younger man. So I think that's partially why there isn't a popular colloquialism for the male. The social dynamic and uh, implications of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But if we were to name it on an animal. Yes. The older male that is going after the younger female, for whatever reason, the first thing that popped into my head was a moose. So you have the cougar and you have the moose. Apparently, the internet... Disagrees. Yeah. Like, there were some that were fine. <laughs> there were some that were fine. Like, I was fine with, like, a panther. I was fine with, like, the rhino. The rhino. The, see, I thought the rhino was cool, even. The, the rhino was rhino fine. Rhino and moose are, like, on the same boat for me, but... That's fair. But then we also had, um, oh shoot, what were the other ones? It's on my phone, but my phone is currently doing the TikTok Live. I remember one. What? I think it might be the one that disturbed you to the core, or upset you. The Manther. Yes, the Manther. First of all, that is not an animal. No. no it's that not. is a play on words for the Panther. And the man. And it is an it is unnecessary play on words. We don't need to play on words. This yeah. is clear. We're clearly just naming these people after animals. Right, like cougar. Cougar is cougar. one to one. Cougar is one to one. Panther, one to one. Rhino, one to one. Moose, one to one. One to one. One to one. I would personally go with either moose or panther, but I'm also a bit biased. I also don't think we we necessarily need to name this. But what we do, but what we do need is we need to come to a consensus mm-hmm. because the consensus right now is non-existent, and that's not how we move forward with language and society. So, so we are here uh, campaigning, and we're using that word uh, liberally, very liberally, very liberally to get the term for the older man seeking younger female, uh, and we're all, we're of course talking like sixty-year-old man going after twenty-year-old. Oh, I mean, maybe like late 40s. Even. Late 40s. You know what? I'm, I'm just trying to stay away from the idea of a, a pedophile. Oh, well, yes. We're not course. speaking of that at all, but we're campaigning yes. for this term to be moose. 
Moose, 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 moose. I can accept that. I can accept that. A lot happened at the D&D Direct. It did. A lot a lot of great announcements. No big surprises. No, it was, it was a tight 30 minutes of mostly confirmations. Now, there was a big announcement in the week leading up, so we'll address that first before we get to the D&D Direct. This, courtesy of wizards.dnd.wizards.com. Um, Wizards of the Coast has purchased D&D Beyond. Yeah. Which is surprising to some, I believe, because a lot of people already assumed that they were one and the same for the companies. Uh, but no, D&D Beyond was a third party that was simply licensing from Wizards of the Coast to get all of the D&D books on it. Started back in 2017, it has over 10 million users and millions and millions of characters and campaigns with a team of 80 passionate creators across the U.S. and Europe. They wanted to make it very clear that they have no intention of stopping their support for D&D Beyond. In fact, based on what we've seen at the Direct, it seems like they're even going to expand it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't even be surprised if a couple years down the line, this could lead to an official like Wizards of the Coast uh, virtual tabletop sort of setup using D&D Beyond. Yeah, this uh, this purchase, the announcement of the purchase was uh, a couple weeks ago now. Um, no, April 13th. April 13th. Oh, say a week ago. A week ago. A week ago. A week in deck. Uh, and they also said that this uh, purchase won't be complete until later this year. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of chatter on the internet about this. There's always chatter on there's the internet. There's always chatter. Um, we're on the, this is good. This is a good move. This is, this is an, I would argue, objectively good thing for D&D players. The, the D&D Beyond tool set that has been available has been conducive for uh, heavy homebrew. It has been conducive for the uh, pandemic and post-pandemic reality of virtual um, tabletop gaming. And it, it has been, it, it's, I mean, it, it partnered on the ground floor with like popular D&D shows like Critical Role mm-hmm. and I believe Dimension 20 as well. I believe so. It's kind of become the default for many new players. And they, as we'll get to later, they doubled down on that in the D&D Direct and have made and are going to be making new digital tool sets available for DMs and players for the, that are playing for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I have delusions of grandeur of <laughs> this. I, I, we've, we've talked off mic about this before. My delusions of... Obviously, virtual reality is mm-hmm. going to be the thing that, like, a couple decades from now, people are all just going to have yeah. in their homes. And the tabletop version of that, an official, like, you can, you just, like, here's a table, and there's, like, some rollout mat, like, virtual rollout mats, and kind of like those um, trading card game, like, open source trading card game yeah. uh, virtual reality sets, where you just... Like, there's not really much mechanics built in. Like, there can be, or they can implement D&D Beyond with it. And all these, everybody can just put on their VR headset, and it's like they're sitting around the table, and they can get virtual minis and virtual terrain and all this kind of stuff, and then they can, like, make that free and then have, like, the base set that is just available for everyone and then can release, like, here's a mini pack, here's a terrain pack, here's a virtual map, virtual music, all this stuff on top of it and tie it in with D&D Beyond and 
That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be super cool. We've seen other companies start to do some things like this, um, and a lot of small indie companies are making these 3D renderings yeah. that it can be used in certain things like this. Um, but yeah, so we are on the we are on the benefit side. Actually, over on TikTok, I don't know what I'm do- doodling, says, ooh, does that mean I don't have to buy the book twice now, like one digital and one hard copy? Now, that is the big question mark that they left unanswered after the D&D Direct. Um... A lot of people are thinking, well, now that they bought D&D Beyond, clearly with every physical book purchase, there should be a slip in there that has a code to redeem it on D&D Beyond. That gets a little bit murky for me, just because the business model of people buying the physical book and then buying the D&D Beyond virtual version of that book is fairly high. And on D&D Beyond, you don't actually have to purchase a book to be able to get access to it. For example, if your DM buys, like, Curse of Strahd and Xanathar's Guide to Everything, then when they make their party in D&D Beyond, they can share access to those books to everybody with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that that's... I think it would be a very consumer-positive move, and I don't think it would negatively impact sales significantly enough for them not to do it at the same time they are a corporation and corporations like to corporate yeah and i I wouldn't i wouldn't hold my breath for it but at the same time i don't see a good reason not to i can see a slight uh, price spike in physical copies if they started including the digital um download code as well yeah or who knows uh i doubt that i doubt that they'll do any retroactive purchases agreed but in the future we i think that that is a possibility we could definitely see yeah well once this deal goes through i could i could see them any printing that happens after the deal goes through including a code so theoretically these new spelljammer books mm-hmm. or the dragonlance book that they announced in the in the direct or the eventual 5.5 refresh i think having i think maybe for like those core rule book sets your 5.5, your new version, your new expansions like Xanathar's, Tasha's, etc. Those having a code included, I think, would be more likely than every book. Mm-hmm. But still TBD. We'll have to wait for the deal to go all the way through and for them to announce their definitive plans for what they want to do with it. Now, the meat... The main thing we were talking about, we are going to go through in order all of the things that they talked about at the D&D Direct. Some things are a lot more interesting than others. Uh, first off, it was hosted by B. Dave Walters and Anna Prosser. Mm-hmm. Prosser? Prosser? Don't know. I don't know. Uh, they were lovely. Uh, they, uh, it was clear that they were reciting some lines at some point, but it, it's obviously clear that they do like D&D. Yes. I made a comment during our live stream watching it where they're like, and this is the, look, we all play D&D section of the live stream to, like, show off their bonafides a little bit where they were talking about D&D monsters and all that kind Old of stuff. second edition stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it was cute. They were entertaining enough. I mean, when you're watching these live streams, you're not really watching it for the hosts. The, hello, Jester. She is hopping up on boxes. The first big announcement was uh, an official confirmation on... Spelljammers. Yes, this was uh, one of the things, not to toot our own horns, but we predicted uh, that this would be one of the uh, major releases that they were going to do this year. Yep. Uh, they they officially announced it on April 1st on Twitter with no follow-up mm-hmm. and no fully written thing. So it was a big, is this an April Fool's joke? Is it not? But regardless, 
Uh, we are getting it this summer. They are calling the pack of books that they are releasing Adventures in Space. Uh, it is. They quoted it as a campaign setting in a slipcase. It's going to include a map, a DM screen, the Astral Adventures Guide, Boo's Astral Menagerie, and Light of Xerixis. Uh, the Astral Adventures Guide is just the campaign setting. The Booze Astral Menagerie is the monster manual that is associated with it, and Light of Xerixis is the adventure to go along with it. So couple these three books with a player's handbook, and you've got an awesome Spelljammer campaign in a box. Yeah. Uh, they boasted a couple of new things, including six new playable races, and I'm just pointing this out because there's an ooze playable race, and <laughs> I have uh, well, I've got the oozes. I've got those written down. We got the astral elves. You got to have your new elf sub race, as always. Always. The autonomes, which are just kind of a, a mechanical gnome-like creature, cross between a, a warforged and a gnome. It looks like mm-hmm. the hadozi, which are monkey people. The gif jif. The, the hippo people mm-hmm. they made a they made a joke about the the gif versus gif conversation okay on the count of three for the moving pictures they are called a one two three gif very good <laughs> and then there's the plasmoids which is the first ooze uh player race i'm sure you you were very excited of this oh boy <laughs> Damn. And the Thrycreen, which is sort of an insectoid alien race, um, is going to release... Ooh. Sometime this summer. They didn't give a specified thing. I would assume late summer, because one of the announcements they made is a prequel adventure for anybody with a Wizards account. They didn't specify a D&D Beyond account, but they allude to it later in uh, in the Direct, that if you have a D&D Beyond account, you'll be able to get access to this prequel adventure for free. In July, in July, which would be very exciting. And then the next announcement that goes along with the Spelljammers, they have a new line of WizKids minis that are going to be coming out this fall. Uh, your sort of standard fare is going to be most of the things in the Menagerie, a lot of NPCs from the Adventure module, but a couple, a couple of interesting things. They have several Gargantuan minis in addition to spaceships. Yeah. And they showed a a visualization of, like, ship combat, almost, which is very exciting. And what I think is cooler is there's there's some mini and monster pairings that they're calling two-in-one figures, where you can take the little one and then put it on a saddle on the big one, so you can have your, like, certain little players riding on monsters, which I think is pretty sick. Right, we we actually have a a horse that I 3D printed, so that one of ours... And uh, one of our PCs could ride a horse uh, visually, so I, I think that uh, this is just a fun little... Mm-hmm. Probably break pretty easily, but... I mean, well, the the way that the 3D print that we got on Thingiverse does that is it basically just cuts out a platform mm-hmm. that the one-inch base can like slip into, whereas the, it looks more like there's going to be like a pin and hole system... So, like, the mini can fit on its regular base and then be taken off and then pin into the monster in some way. Um, it's kind of hard to tell with the visual rendering. But the, the, they're going full on into Spelljammers. A three-book release with its own dedicated DM screen and map and mini line and a free prequel adventure. Um, they heard the call for people wanting... Spelljammers, and they're going full force into it. Oh, yeah. Next up, you've heard it. It's from Larian Studios, the video game company. Baldur's Gate 3, they showed off a lot of the improvements that they've made since they released the beta of it back 
I want to say last fall, something I think like that. So yeah, uh, it's the official release set for 2023. No month given. Nothing too crazy. They they did like a live action little like tongue in cheek. Ooh, we're nerds thing, and then they showed off some enhanced visuals, which definitely look like a as big of a jump from like. PS3 to PS4 or mm-hmm. Xbox 360 to Xbox One level improvement in the graphics. Uh, they showed off some improved mechanics, new regions. They added new classes. Uh, not all of the core Player's Handbook D&D classes were available in the beta for Baldur's Gate. It's kind of like an action MMORPG, kind of in the vein of like your Final Fantasy XII-ish, kind of. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not a big MMO person, but... Baldur's Gate 3, if you are a big fan of D&D and you want a video game version, this is probably going to be the closest thing you will get to that, other than like D&D Online. Or Celestis, whatever it is. There's a, uh, there's a turn-based um, game, RPG, kind of like XCOM that came out, uh, I believe 2020, late 2020, okay. and it pretty much takes um, the core mechanics of D&D and puts them into... An XCOM, that's the, the, the t- t- uh, turn-based role-play uh, game. Hmm. It's very good from what I hear, but I still haven't played it. Anyway, that's all we have to say on Baldur's Gate 3, releasing in 2023. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. Next, the, the, the next big book announcement. Uh, we've already heard of this book, uh, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. They have dated it for June 21st, so that's going to be coming very soon. Uh, we will likely be getting that book and doing an episode on the podcast for it. Um, it is an adventure collection book in a similar vein to the Candlekeep Mysteries and uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yawning Portal. Yawning Portal. There we go. Tales of the Yawning Portal, which is the same building as the, the Yawning Portal itself yeah. also takes you to the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which is also <laughs> in Waterdeep, which is, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. A multidimensional bar. The adventures are going to range from levels 1 to 14. It features a predominantly uh, POC writing staff, 13 adventures, 16 locations. Uh, they, uh, they describe the adventure collections as being inspired mostly by black and brown cultures throughout the world, and they gave three examples of uh, adventures that are available. Wages of Vice is going to be a level 5 adventure, it's got sort of your Caribbean vibe, a lot of pastels in the art style, uh, sort of an interpolitical, uh, interpersonal political sort of vibe. Then uh, Orchids of the Invisible Mountain, which is a level 14 adventure. It takes place in the Feywild. Uh, it, it's definitely it, the Feywild and the Far Realm. They include a cool new monster they call the Whistler from the Far Realm. And uh, it's definitely got more of your Aztec sort of ancient Latin Amer- Latin American vibes to it. And then uh, the fiend, the fiend of Hollow Mind, which is a level four adventure taking place in a city called San Sithlin. Uh Definitely sort of your Spanish and Mexican uh, Dia de los Muertos vibe. A lot of like their uh, Day of the Dead. Basically, the characters are going through in this village. All the dead people come back and the spirits interact with people. So, I'm excited for this. A collection of adventures uh, is always good because you can kind of pull what you want and get rid of what you don't want. And you can plop them into your own homebrew worlds or your own like interstitials in other adventure books or whatever. Um, 
very user-friendly. The locations and the stories seem to be very different from anything that we've seen in Wizards of the Coast previously, I'm excited. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it's going to be very different from uh, uh, the typical campaigns, obviously, we've seen. And uh, having the POC creators use uh, or, or write based on their heritage as opposed to... Um, uh, what we've seen in the past, you're the, more you're more classic like European medieval um, style fantasy. I've seen uh, I've seen people do com- uh, do commentary on this before, where they're like, "Oh, you you want a Latin American or a South American?" Yeah, I've seen commentary before of um, people like going through and and what what uh, fantasy authors or fantasy TTRPG authors have put out in the past is like, "Oh, you want to." South American style campaign. Well, here's uh, you know, here's these brave warriors who ride dinosaurs. Okay, well, what about this one? Where these you know um, these traditional Aztec warriors ride dinosaurs? For some reason, it's always they're always riding dinosaurs. So. Which, which to be fair, riding dinosaurs is very cool. Is a very cool thing. I don't know why that is tied to Latin America, mm-hmm. but. Riding dino- we can objectively say riding dinosaurs is cool. Riding dinosaurs is cool. But let's see some Canadians riding dinosaurs, okay? Enough yeah. with the moose. Yeah, I mean... Enough I'm... with the older men. Enough with the older men. Callback. <laughs> that is a callback. <laughs> Moving on. Again, that was a, the Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel is going to be June 21st mm-hmm. for the release. And we will likely be doing a full episode of the podcast on that. The next one... B. Dave Walters and Anna, they... They hyped this one up. They did. And it got me really excited. And then they showed what it was, and I'm like, why? Why did you set this up? Like, you just set this thing up to be a disappointment. It is two campaign cases that they're releasing in July. There is... The first one is a creature token and sticker set. Mm -hmm. So it's just a bunch of uh, round bases of three different sizes for medium, large, and gargant... Or medium... Large and gargantuan. Huge. Huge and gargantuan. And then... Something like that. So, anyway. And a set of reusable stickers that you can then put on and take off to use as creature tokens. Something that I think many people have just done on their own. Yeah. I was going to say, I've seen it plenty of times on Reddit. I've followed a Reddit tutorial on how to do these before. There's, There's, like, open source, like, GitHub drag and drop in a picture and you can resize it and make tokens really quickly print it out and then just glue it to like a washer or a base that you already have for your minis um the other one being the terrain crate which is just a set of cardboard interlocking tiles more stickers for like campfires and trees and like a nest and all that kind of stuff as well as larger panels for gaming now if the price is right on these oh, I these up. Um, <clears throat> pardon me sorry I had something to throw so I clicked they you can buy them at your local game shops and or on Amazon uh, and if you go to Amazon it's not very descriptive but uh, the Dungeons and Dragons accessory set I assume one is the uh, minis and two is the terrain. Uh, but for they have two options: the kit only or the guide in the kit. The kit only is sixty-five dollars, and the guide in the kit together, uh, being the DMG, is 
$93. So the kit including both the terrain and the creature token case? I think it's just one. Oh. I think each individually is $65. Ooh. Okay, so I think what I said on the live stream was if it was like 25 to 30 bucks a case... Then it's like okay. I mean, that's a that's a good tool for new DMs for new like it it, it would it would have its place. But for sixty five for one and a DMG, DMG is ninety to two. DMG, DMG is 90. ninety. I don't see who would who should buy this. You would be if you were looking at the creature token set. You would be better off buying one of the Pathfinder Paizo Bestiary boxes as mm-hmm. we talked about last week, and you would get like standee minis as opposed to tokens and it's going to be a little nicer it and here's the thing we're talking about like we said yesterday we're probably more i'm probably more interested in terrain when it comes to running game but you don't need terrain you don't need minis you don't even need to be in person to do this yeah uh, to do D. and so yeah i think i think that if it is just 65 dollars for one case i think that mark was missed yeah, um, and even with the terrain case that they offer, like the sticker set is cool, kind of, but you'd be better off spending fifteen dollars to get a set of four dry erase battle mats mm-hmm. that are like stone, parchment, grass, and then a water one, mm-hmm. which is what we have. Yep. Got it for like fifteen dollars on Amazon. It came with dry erase markers. And you're going to be way better served with that in Theater of the Mind with, like, a salt and pepper shaker or, like, a hand sanitizer bottle to represent things than these cases. So, they release in July if you're interested. Um, you can pre-order them now. You can pre-order them now. I feel like this is going to be one of their big flops from this direct. Yeah. So, next. We've known about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And we still know about it now. We did not unlearn this information. We did not unlearn this information, but we didn't really learn any new information yeah. about the D&D movie. It was fully titled. It is the Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. They verbally said the date was March 2023, and then the end of their trailer, which, by the way, the most annoying kind of trailer, which was just a 3D logo. with like It was a beautiful 3D logo. It was a beautiful logo. logo beautiful logo but uh they dated it specifically in the trailer as march 3rd of 2023 they only said march verbally um this is notable the the notable things like the logo's fancy whatever they they talk about it being on uh the sword coast in the forgotten realms is where the movie is supposedly going to take place and um these are filmmakers these were filmmakers talking about this movie and their audio was the fucking worst. I like literally if you're watching the TikTok live and the audio that you're getting out of my phone for the live right now, that's the quality of audio that these very I wouldn't I'm not going to say rich or wealthy, but very well-off filmmakers are getting paid and their announcement has that same level of quality. It's not like they're lacking for a halfway decent microphone <laughs> to just slap in front of them. Mm-hmm. It was... I, I thought it was very funny. And then the fact that the announcement didn't come with anything particularly useful. Like, a date is nice, but movies get delayed all the time. 
games get delayed all the time. No meaningful trailer. I think we learn the only thing that we really learned is that it takes place in the Sword Coast. Yeah. Like that's it. So we'll I mean, see it when it comes we'll out. We'll see it when it comes out. We'll tell y'all about it as we learn more. But at this time, we know not very much. It was a time filler. Definitely the, the campaign cases and the D&D movie were time fillers <laughs> for this presentation. They, they just kind of clumped them in the middle. Um, now we're going to get back into some good stuff. The next thing, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The leaked starter set from Hasbro is now officially announced, the Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. And we've learned some new things. They have streamlined the adventure for both DMs and players, make it easier to understand for first-time DMs and easier to run for first-time DMs, which is always a good thing for a starter set. And they announced that they're going to have new digital learning tools. We talked about this briefly at the beginning for players and DMs to help them create characters as well as learn how to be a dungeon master. And I believe these are going to be available to anybody with a Wizards account or a D&D Beyond account as well. Correct. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Starter set, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, short adventure. It's, it, the dice that it comes with looks better than the original starter set. <laughs> the I, All of these digital tools are nice. A little pre-written module for... I mean, it's the starter set. It's just newer and a little better. Yeah. I'm a fan. No no mention of the 80s D&D characters. We won't be able to... We might not be able to do the Hank, tank, uh, Hank Flank Spank. And if Hank is a barbarian, even though he's a ranger... If you multi-class Hank the Ranger into Barbarian, you can do the Tank Hank Flank Spank. Indeed. We're thinking we're thinking with our brains today. We're thinking with portals. We are we are thinking. <laughs> now we've got uh more they announced more in their D D digital library, which they were not very clear on the messaging for all of this digital stuff that it does seem like everything is going to be available on D D Beyond. Yeah. I I am surprised that they didn't at least talk about that, at least at the front, being like, we purchased D&D Beyond, and the digital tool sets and a lot of the digital things that we were talking about throughout this Direct are going to be available to you on D&D Beyond. But uh, the D&D Digital Library, which is available right now, Sam was looking at it more yes. than I did, uh, you need a Wizards account or a D&D Beyond account to be able to access it. Both free to create. Yep, it is going to include the Spelljammer Adventure Prequel in July that we uh, talked about previously. And currently, you can look at the Monstrous Compendium for Spelljammers. Volume 1. And uh, the Monstrous Compendium is a callback to older editions of D&D, which is what they used to call it. And it's going to expand over time. It's going to be available to everyone for free, always. Yes. Which is real nice. This first one included uh, 10... Um, creatures ranging from uh, 1H CR all the way up to CR 15. Um, super cool looking monsters. Each one uh, comes with a full stat block, obviously, and some art. Um, and I hadn't noticed this before, but on this one, the stat blocks are color coded. So oh. skill uh, skills and um, conditions are now green and include hyper or include pop up boxes as to what that means. So, example, if you scroll over Dark Vision, it'll show you what Dark Vision means. Um, That's actually really convenient. And spells, which are also pop-up boxes, are in purple. That's actually really convenient. Right. For Especially for digital usage. Absolutely. Um, I personally prefer to print out 
my D&D stat blocks, I use um, a free tool. Uh, it's like the URL is like something weird, like tetracube. Tetra blah, 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 blah. Well. But you can just search a D&D stat block generator, and it'll be one of the first ones, and you can manually input like everything, and it just does the formatting for you. It's Super wonderful. Nice. But uh, even if this was on the printing, it'd be helpful because like, all right, real, cool, uh, it'll be grappled. Okay, cool. The creature will be grappled. Okay, cool. That, I love that kind of easy. Um, that that is definitely user friendly, and it's definitely a digital unique thing that they can do. And I'm it, it's nice that they put in that little touch. And even though the monster compendium isn't huge, for everything that gets added to it over time, it's going to compound and compound and compound. And I can see it year, two years, three years down the line, this being a very robust resource. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's on D and D and Wizards of the Coast dot com. Um, what are some what are some standout monsters? Some standout monsters. Well, uh, let's see. I know one of your favorite things in the world will be the asteroid spider, which is a ship sized uh, spider that feeds on the crews of spell jamming ships. There's um, the goon balloon. The goon balloon. The goon balloon. Which is sorry, I, I, I was dissociating when you were talking about the the ten legged spider. More legs <laughs> equals more better. Nope. As B. David said. No, uh, there's the no, Goon Balloon, which is an aberration that is a balloon with a lot of eyes. Great. Um, sure. Uh, also, the Nightmare Beast looks awesome. And the Star Lancer, I think, is my standout. The Star Lancer. A large celestial from the astral plane that can turn invisible and serve as a mount. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's it dope. Looks like I like a that. Shark. It looks like a shark crossed with the... Um, the name's escaping me. The The... Oh, from Guardians of the Galaxy, the starships that link together to... Oh, the Novacore one? The Novacore ships, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's free right now. Go look it up. Yeah, go check it out. Next, we got some D&D books that are releasing in French, Italian, German, and Spanish. We've already had an initiative from Wizards of the Coast to release more language versions of their popular books. They announced that Tasha's Cauldron of Everything is going to release on July 12th in those languages. Uh, Monsters, Mordekainen's Monsters of the Multiverse is going to release on September 13th. The Curse of Strahd, I assume the new version of Curse of Strahd, is going to release on October 25th, just in time for Halloween. And the new starter set, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, is going to release on October 4th in those languages. Expanding D&D is always a good thing. Indeed. We saw them uh, announce that they were going to start doing it in Portuguese earlier uh, this uh, year. And so, you know, there are already plenty of D&D adventurers around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is just an initiative to uh, have have resources put in front of them more easily. Yep. All, all good. All, all good, good things. All good things. All good things. Next, we have uh, another video game announcement. It's one of the two. Uh, not really an announcement, but an expansion for Neverwinter, made by Gearbox Publishing and Cryptid Studios. Uh, it's going to release on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, their new expansion, Dragon Slayer, in June. It, it's a DLC. <laughs> There's more... Yeah, new, some more story bits, some more quests, items, all that. You know, we're not big, we're not big Neverwinter people. So, no. No. Anyway, moving on. This one is surprising to me for two reasons. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast has announced a new D&D live play show on the official Dungeons & Dragons Twitch and YouTube pages called Legends of the Multiverse. 
First episode is going to be on April 27th at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Twitch and YouTube, which by the time this comes out, it'll be the day that this episode then comes out. Drops. Awesome. And I'm just going to run through the cast real quick with their characters. And this is going to take a while because there's a lot of them. Deborah Ann Wall is going to be playing Sunny. Dave B. Walters is playing Kaiho Karoshi. Gina Darling is playing Bach C. Megan Kendrick is playing Riddle. Todd Kendrick is playing Torvin. Brennan Lee Mulligan. Hakatha Slim, which looks like a uh, uh, a mind flare, which is funny. Abria Iyengar is playing Neba. Ginny D playing Gospel. Anna Prosser playing Plom. DJ Knight playing Mithril or Me Muriel. Muriel. Haldir, something like that. M. Montgomery is playing Cricket. Travis McElroy playing Ignar Airstrider. McElroy. Travis M- McElroy. 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 <laughs> McElroy playing Ignar Airstrider. Sungwong Cho playing Bubsy Bloobagool. <laughs> Jim Zub playing Mints and featuring Boo the Space Hamster. No Samuel. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen players. And Boo the hamster. There's some of these characters. For example, Sung Wong Cho. You 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 probably know of Sung Wong. You've probably seen his shorts and, and stuff. They've been on YouTube for years. Mm-hmm. He's very good. He's very good. Very entertaining. His character, Brennan Lee Mulligan's character. Several of these characters don't look like player characters. They look like NPCs. A 14-person D&D stream. It's, I, I feel like it's either going to be a core cast, and then they're bringing in people all the time as either guests or NPCs, or they're doing a sort of... Because it's Legends of the Multiverse, maybe every episode is going to have a completely different cast. Featuring different people. Some, I mean, obviously the standouts, for us at least, both of the hosts, B. Dave Walters and Anna Proser, are playing. Obviously, you've got the greats, Brennan Lee Mulligan, Abria Iyengar, and some popular uh, YouTubers with Ginny D, who is a cosplayer. She cosplays Jester. She's a very good YouTuber. And, of course, Sung Wong, as we were talking about. I'm intrigued. I have no room, as we have talked previously, no room to add in any more long-form content into my weekly consumption list. Yeah. If we were to one day decide, instead of watching Attack on Titan, or instead of playing Apex, to watch it, I could be convinced for maybe an episode. And if it's good, more. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is the D&D official one. They're going to spare no expense with production value. We hope. We hope. Jeez, we hope. And it is yet to be seen how this many players are going to work. Who's going to be, like, mainstay people? Who's going to be guests? How is this going to work? You know? So, temper the expectations. Because they announced the full cast... And it's going to be a quick turnaround. I mean, it's going to be less than a week from when this was announced. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of big names, a lot of interesting names. And Boo the Space Hamster. And Boo the Space Here's my thing. is 
as we were, we discussed on on while we were watching the live stream yesterday, the D and D actual play um, category of show uh, uh, is is saturated. It's oversaturated at this point. Very oversaturated. I mean, of course, you have the Dimension Twenty, the Critical Role. You then have, um, uh, you know, uh, Adventure Zone. You have uh, NADPOD. Even th- even things like uh, Corridor Digital and uh, the Corridor Digital D and D Live Play, where they're doing like green screen stuff on three D scan terrain, reenacting what they played. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of interesting, unique live play stuff going on. Like, Way yeah, too those. much. And then you have the next tier down, which is going to be even even like the XP to level three and others that I can't even name because there's so many I don't know who they are. Yeah, like um, oh, what's that one? There's so many D and D TikTokers that are Dungeons on and Daddies, Dungeons, Dungeons and, and Dames, Dames. Um, there, there's just so many different ones. I, I've even seen like uh, this new. There's because we're watching Attack on Titan. There's there's these guys that. Put a, an Attack of Titan code on paint on D and D five E, and they're going to release their player's handbook for it like soon about how to play Attack on Titan with D and D mechanics. Right, and so it's very interesting that Wizards would decide to jump in now with their official stream. It does seem a little late. It does seem a little late, and as we were saying, it's also a little weird because all of these shows are so drastically different. Mm-hmm. And Wizards has not, up to this point, said, you know, not that they're saying this themselves, but they're kind of implying it with their game, is this is how to play the game. Kind of. Um, and I think, well, I mean, I'm, I think that could be confusing for new entries into, new people entering into the game with this. Um, but that being said, I think I'm kind of on the same page as you as where maybe we'll watch an episode down the line, maybe we won't. Now, what I think they've been implying with the characters, because they showed character art for all of these characters. They did. You've got Brennan Lee Mulligan being a mind flayer. You've got Sung Wong Cho being like a weird insectoid thing. One of them was playing a plasmoid. One of them was playing a gif, I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Legends of the Multiverse becomes an advertising tool for upcoming D&D releases. Very possible. Because it looks like this is at least starting with Spelljammers. And it's going to lead into the release of Spelljammers. Probably not the published, like, the pub- the published, like, prequel adventure and the adventure module. It'll probably be, like, a homebrew thing or, like, a custom campaign mm-hmm. in the setting. But it definitely looks like it's going to be an advertising arm for official D&D releases. Which, if that is the case... I understand why they're trying to get into it now more than previously, um, since it's it seems like they're trying to set themselves up to line up more content at least throughout this year. Because mm-hmm. I think we're going to we're going to be awash with content this year. Yes. Um, nothing nothing really crazy announced in twenty twenty three other than the movie and beyond. Yeah, movie and Baldur's Gate release. And yeah, th- that's yeah, that's about it. Now, the next. The next item on the list. Yes. The one that I think uh, you and I were more excited for than some other people. Uh, D&D Onslaught, the miniatures skirmish game, is going to release in October. And uh, we got a little bit of a hint at sort of the lore behind the skirmish that is happening. Uh, It looks like you'll be able to use both more your classic race, like player character 
as well as uh, more monstrous miniatures. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're trying to keep the miniature pool very open. Obviously going to be able to use pretty much anything that WizKids has ever released to create your own two teams, which are named the Harpers and the Zentarim, 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 something like and that. those are two of the classic adventuring guilds in... Um... Yeah. So we don't know the specifics, but it does seem like there's going to be the two... You're going to have your team of adventurers, and then the person you're playing against is going to have their team of adventurers, and you're going to be fighting over treasure or whatever as with any skirmish game, but it also seems they've implied that there's going to be like a third team, like kind of AI system of monsters or another rival adventuring party that is protecting um, that is protecting the things that you're going after. Mm-hmm. Uh, it look, I, hope, I hope they release like a D&D onslaught skirmish pack that comes with some minis and in addition to the rule book for it and all of that. Because I, I, as many people know, it is difficult to get into D&D because it requires many, many people in scheduling. Mm-hmm. It's also difficult to get into Warhammer 40k because it's very dense. Very dense. Requires a lot of uh, monetary requirement. To a, lot of mon- a lot of monetary upfront cost. Whereas this, theoretically, if you are already into D&D and you have a collection of minis, even if it's a small collection... You should be able to use those minis to represent your team in D&D Onslaught. And if they release an all-encompassing pack, and if the rules are have some level of parity with D&D, with the D20 system, it's going to be easier to get people into it. It's going to, get, it's going to be easier for people to play it because it's a two-player game mm-hmm. and not like a four, five, six-player like D&D. I'm excited for it. This might be the thing that gets us into skirmish gaming. Possibly. That is a dangerous path to look down. <laughs> Instead of watching, like you're saying, Attack on Titan, you're playing Apex. We set up uh, the table and, and skirmish during my lunch break. That could be a good time. That could be a good time. Yeah. One. Now, they made it look like that this was going to be the end of the D&D Direct with the announce of D&D Onslaught. But of course. But of course, there was one more thing. There's always one more thing. Always one more thing. Another beautiful uh, sort of dark fantasy art depictions of war and battle and dragons. And Kim, and with that came the official announcement of Dragonlance coming to D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced it for late 2022. It was going to come with uh, two releases. Your adventure slash campaign book, which is going to be Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Uh, so a Dragonlance set D&D adventure, which is exciting, as well as a battle game that they call the Warriors of Kren. And with the the digital renderings that they had of the two boxes, there's no art on them yet, but it was just the titles. The battle game looks like a larger box, so is this going to be like a D&D onslaught supplement box? They didn't they didn't tag it as a D&D onslaught expansion. Right, they just called it a, a battle, battle game. game. Um, don't know what that means yet. They didn't really elaborate on any of that. But we had been predicting Dragonlance was going to come for a while with Fizbin's Treasury of Dragons, with the Heroes of Kryn, uh, UA. Mm-hmm. And if this uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen is anything like Strixhaven, where it's kind of campaign book and kind of adventure module, I think if they advertise it as that, it could be very good and successful, and I'd be down for it. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll see more 
especially from I think the Dragonlance, we'll see more once Spelljammer releases. Because yep. obviously Spelljammer is releasing in a couple of months, and uh, Dragonlance at the end of the year. So I'm kind of I'm kind of expecting that once uh, after August we'll see a, a bigger um, push to uh, to Dragonlance setting mm-hmm. ideas. So, yes, that is all of the news for the D and D Direct that we have to talk about today. Final thoughts. Like we said at the top. There was nothing that shocked us when nothing. it came to this. We have we have seen a lot of playtests for all these different things. We've seen um, um, teasers for Spelljammer and things like that. You can uh, see the writing on the wall for Dragonlance. Right. And, Leaks. And maybe it's just because we're new to the uh, we're new to the keeping up with D and D or any other nerddom news that we can see the writing on the wall, but. Uh, it was nice to get a lot of confirmations for these things. I agree. The biggest surprise to me was the campaign cases, both in the pricing and the fact that they think it is so much bigger of a deal than it actually is. Yeah. At least to me. Feel free to tell us if we're wrong about that, but I just don't see how that is a big deal. <laughs> On that, uh, I did see this earlier. The chat has been popping off thanks to Doc Tatz. Doc Tads. T-A-T-Z-Z. Anyway, I don't know what I'm doodling earlier when we were talking about said, I use M&Ms as the baddies on my battle mat so the players get to eat them when they defeat them. LOL. That's a good time. I love that. You could do the same with like miniature Oreos. Yeah. Or like a little cookie crisp. A little cookie crisp cereal. Ooh. I think that's how I'm going to run our... Nether Deep campaign. Because <laughs> when we beat the enemy, we get to eat the you just, you just eat the cookie. Yeah. Eat the cookie. Yeah. Speaking of the TikTok, you can watch this podcast when we record it live on the TikTok. We usually make a live event for it, and it is usually the sometime in like the Thursday to Saturday range before the podcast is posted to the YouTube and the podcast services around the globe. What else we got from the TikTok comments? We have a, we have a question asked by HappyCowGirl99. I'm interested in D&D. Where do you start? Well, the Dragons of Stormwreck Isle is going to be releasing soon. That is a good place to start if you have absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't think... Well, it, ultimately, how to get started playing D&D comes down to are you going to be able to find people in person that you are friends with in your friend group that are interested and willing to play? Or are you going to have to search elsewhere for... Uh, friends online perhaps a discord server link for that is in the link tree in the bio of the tiktok as well as the youtube page to join the dungeon bros discord server Mm -hmm. we're having a giveaway on the discord server we'll get into that later but it really i think it really comes down to whether you're going to be able to play in person versus uh virtually if it is virtual then your investments probably should if, if you like having the physical books you should get the physical books but if you're going to be playing virtually and you know that, and that's going to be the primary way you play, you might prefer buying them on D&D Beyond um, or another virtual source. Mm-hmm. Um, how to get started is... The way we got started is we just kind of joined in with people. <laughs> but you get interested in D&D, at least how we got interested was through... Critical Role was through Node, was through Dimension 20, was through all of these online live play shows. 
Um, if you can find one that you like, you can use that as a way to passively sort of learn the mechanics of D&D. Now, don't use that as a, oh, if someone doesn't run the game like Matthew Mercer or Brennan Lee Mulligan or Sam Gorski or whoever, then it's bad and it's wrong because it's just different. There are also other plenty, plenty of uh, online and YouTube creators who that's their, their whole jam yep. is just... Here's how you play D&D, whether it's uh, Matt Colville does um, Matt very Colville. directly here. Here's how to run the game. Matt Colville's wonderful. Um, don't Stop Talking, uh, I believe it's Don't Stop Talking or Don't Stop Thinking. It's this animated uh, YouTube channel where he has a wonderful series about how to play D&D that goes through everything from character creation to playing the game every step along the way. It's beautifully animated. There's visual illustrations for things. It's great. And then there's so many, just so many to name that just... Here how here's a tip to be a DM. Here's uh, here's a tip to be a, a more engaging player. Things like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, YouTube is the greatest resource of our time. For sure, for sure. Uh, beyond that, convincing your friends if they are interested to play is a great place. Or joining a Discord server or other online community where you can find like-minded people that are willing to play D and D. For example, the Dungeon Bros server which you can find a link for on like all of our social medias. If you're listening to this podcast on podcast services around the globe, I'm sorry. Cannot put links in the description. But you know where to find us. TikTok, YouTube, etc. and so on. What other questions we got from the TikTok live? Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Asked by Mr. D, D and D, Mr. Dandy DM. There we go. Mr. Dandy DM. I don't even know that username. Yes, I believe he follows us and I believe we follow him. Which of you will be the per- first to play the gift? Not me. Probably me. <laughs> yeah, it would be Sam. It would be Sam. Now, do I fit more of the GIF form factor in real life? Yes. Yes, I do. Do I think playing a hippo person sounds neat? I do. Now, with the most recent episode of Moon Knight, the little stinger at the end of episode four. Spoiler alert. Little stinger there at the episode, end of episode four. I might be into a hippo. I could, I could, I, I could be more convinced of it now. What if ever. you watch Madagascar? No, <laughs> I, I'm suddenly not into it anymore. All right. Uh, of the new, I will say, of the new races, I think I would play the Autonome or the Habrosi, which is the monkey, or an Astral Elf. I mean, Elf's an Elf's an Elf. Elf and Elf. Elf 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 Elf's an Elf. Mine's but, going to be, mine obviously eventually is going to be the plasmoid. You, you oozy boy. You oozy, oozy boy. All right. Uh, Gay the Prey Away 96 says, how do... <laughs> <laughs> We're not just going to breeze past that, right? We are. Uh, okay. <laughs> how do you find a good group of people in my town that play D&D and have fun with it? I played with some randoms on uh, Reddit before, but they were far too serious. Now, Reddit is not a great place to find, like, chill people, <laughs> I will say. Uh, if you look more online, of course, we've pumped up our own Discord, but there's a million Discord communities out there that are very conducive to new players. Um, if you're trying to find people in real life, I'm sure you have a friend group. I'm sure people in your friend group are at least open to the idea of playing D&D. You can also go to your local um, comic shops, game stores that sell board games or D&D minis or Magic the Gatherings that, ho- that host like trading card events. I'm sure one of them has either an Adventurers League uh, where you can go and you can play like 
officially sanctioned D&D, which is a weird way to put it, um, or have more open um, just D&D nights at their uh, places that you can go to. I'm, I'll say this. Uh, if you want to play D&D a very specific way, you're probably going to have to find the group of, you're going to have to run that group, whether it's you are DMing or you are putting together the group. Yeah. Um, but with Reddit, yeah, uh, or, or other online resources where you don't get to know the people beforehand, it's it's going to be a, a, a crapshoot of... Not crapshoot. Crapshoot sounds very nice. It's just going to be very um, uh, unpredictable what you're going to get. Because, you know, even though... So we play in two D&D groups together and you're about to start a third one. Start about about to start a third. And there is like a 70% overlap on the people that play in those groups. And the three are going to be very different feels. And oh, that's very because different. I the game I run is a bit more serious, a bit more dark and a bit more dire. The game our buddy runs, uh, Darren, who was on the podcast a couple episodes ago, he pretty much set no expectations for us, so uh, there's a good portion of every session that is dealt with uh, uh, breakfast sandwiches. That is confusion and uh, uh, mystery and just kind of like, all right, well, I guess this is what we're doing now. Whereas I'm going to be running um, one of the adventure modules in the back of the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount and then Call of the Netherdeep, so we're going to have a lot of critical role references, and uh, several of us are critical role fans and it's all pre-written as well so like we'll deviate a bit um i've i've only run the only pre-written thing i've ever run was one of uh, was a short like we did, we played two sessions basically yeah two three sessions of um the pirate adventure that's in the back of wild mount with a bunch of new people mm-hmm. that were kind of interested in D D, but not really which is kind of why it fizzled out um but I have a lo- I've had a long running homebrew campaign as well. That's a, over like thirty five sessions at this point. Uh, it's slowed down quite a bit. But but yeah, but uh, we were so we were talking about the campaign you'd like to start running, and uh, we looked at you and went, okay, how serious do you want this campaign? And uh, that's that's kind of what you got to do with the group is yep. how serious do you want this campaign? Do you care? Are we are we looking to uh, be goofy every session? Are we looking to have some serious role play? It's all. It's all are we doing? Are we doing a Candlekeep Mysteries meets Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel meets uh, Boblin the Goblin, or are they going to have to buy into the the horror of Strahd, or buy into the we need to save the 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 fallen the, this trapped god like in Call of the Netherdeep, which is not really a spoiler. That's kind of like the inciting it's incident. Kind of, yeah. Um, depending on what you're running. Character buy-in is the most important. It, it's yeah, for sure. That's that's mostly what it is: is talking to whoever you find to play with. And like we said, Reddit not not necessarily the greatest place on earth. And you can tell that by reading Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got from the TikTok live? Uh, Doc Tats. I'd love to get into some sessions in Discord if you know any good servers. Yes! The Dungeon Bro server is we a have, wonderful server. We have almost 100 people in there now. I will say, during the course of this podcast, including the two of us, there's 103. There's over 100 now. We have, we have over 100 people in our Discord server. Uh, we posted a video before we went live today. Uh, 
Up until April 30th, we are running a giveaway on both our Discord server and our TikTok page to give away our upcoming Blood Magic supplement, which we're going to release at the beginning of May. To enter, you have to be a member of the Discord server before April 30th. We'll be giving away four copies there, as well as three copies on the TikTok. If you go to our TikTok page, you will be able to find the giveaway video very easily. You have to like the video, you have to follow us, and you have to comment in the comments who your favorite D&D content creator is that is not us. You can also feel free to share and repost that video, but that will not help your chances. It will just make us happy. That's Uh, all. So if you would like to join the Discord server, because I just saw it pop up, uh, head over to... Our, by, or our page and click on the link tree and you'll find it, the link there. Yep. It is open to everyone. You do not have to pay to get in. Um, we are very inclusive. We'd love for you to interact with all the people there. Tower, DK Alexander are two, are, are, are yep. two of the most active in the... And while you continue to scroll through the TikTok live comments, one of the most guaranteed ways to get your questions read on the show is the podcast questions channel in the Discord server. This week we have a question from aforementioned DK Alexander, who's been trying to get a group together to play in our Looking for Group channel. You should do that. He says, what are your thoughts on evil characters in a group and also evil campaigns? Ever done one? Would you like to? When it comes to evil characters, there's certain levels of evil. There's, I'm going to kill the shopkeeper and steal his gold. Mm -hmm. That's evil. There's, I want to bring, I want to unlock the power of my warlock patron and descend his will upon the planet. That's evil. But then there's also like a lot more personal evils that can unlock traumas for real life people at your table. Um, When it comes to wanting to play an evil character, for one, if you are the only evil character in a group, you need to be a bit more flexible on what you're willing to do. If you're only willing to do evil things, then it's going to cause a lot of problems in the in the group at the table. Um, you need to if you're going to be an evil character, you can't be unwilling to be good or go along with the party for some things. If you're going to be an evil character in an evil campaign, you all need to address what types of evil you are okay with at the table. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in the middle of a session and one of the players does something evil that is like crossing a line for some other people then that can cause a lot of problems i have not ever done an evil campaign i would 100 percent love to be an evil adventuring party that's trying to rouse and i don't know like maybe if we wanted to play a campaign that's like just like a little mini adventure where we're i don't know say some silver star cultists that are trying to use blood magic to awaken an old blood god to, you know, like take over the planet. That sounds really interesting. That is a really cool That's lore really that you cool. can that you can find in our Blood Magic supplement, which is going to release in the first week of May. Whenever Drive Through RPG gives us the thumbs up that we can make it public. <laughs> yeah, the way I see it, again, I've not also I've also not done an evil um, campaign. Uh, I have I have watched um, some live plays, uh, Escape from Bloodkeep, I believe, is the one that Dimension mm-hmm. 20 did, where it's supposed to be an evil campaign. But it also just kind of turned into a... Uh... It, I mean, yeah, it turned into a morally ambiguous, morally gray, uh, oddly democratic sort of campaign. But uh, when it comes down to it, I think one of the big things is to remember that the person, that the people playing evil characters themselves are not evil. Yeah. Um, they're your friends who they should be your friends that you want to play the game with. That being said, if somebody does want to play an evil character, 
yeah, you really have to define what that means. Uh, if they're playing a chaotic evil, I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see me. Also, also in some instances called chaotic stupid. Yeah, just just to literally mess up um, whatever is going on or to to ruin things for other people. Mm-hmm. That's that's somebody you probably don't want to play with, or you need to kind of be like, hey, let's let's not ruin everyone else's fun. If you're playing an evil character because you want to explore that sort of idea, again, you need to define that with the DM ahead of time and and make sure that you're going about it in a dramatically interesting way and not just causing problems. Yeah. All right, back to the TikTok Live. Back to the TikTok Live. Asked by all roads lead to Basing's, uh, Bossing Zay. All roads lead to Bossing Zay. <laughs> Any tips for utilizing skills in roleplay context? Mm. Now, in a roleplay context, obviously you're, there's the roleplay, I would say, exclusive, in air quotes, skills. Your deception, your intimidation, your persuasion. Um, I like using some more off-the-wall skills like performance to try maybe instead of deception if you're trying to say you have a disguise on and you're trying to act like someone else maybe you might be able to use performance instead of deception if like you're a bard who has the actor background or the actor feet the entertainer background there we go Hmm. um but obviously that's going to be predominantly your charisma based stuff uh you might be able to throw some insight in there to aid it like lowering the dcs of your charisma checks your deception persuasion intimidation um like use your insight to try and get information that can help make it easier because not everybody's going to have a good charisma uh using history and arcana and religion to try and study up and prepare yourself for interactions with other people Dexterity, strength, and constitution are a little bit hard to to use unless you're like challenging someone to an arm wrestle or or a feat of agility or some kind. Some people like to set DCs for everything, mm-hmm. and some people like to just be like, "Eh, does that feel right?" I'm kind of more in the "does that feel right?" I range, um, which can be a bit hard when you get like the "I rolled a 13 or a 12 or a 14," and it's like, "Ah, that's that's hard to." It's hard to read. When it comes to roleplay interactions, because it's so unpredictable, having that kind of vibe or maybe competing roles could be what you use for it. Um, But yeah, obviously your charisma skills, using your intelligence-based skills to help prepare and use your wisdom-based skills to kind of gain an upper hand in the midst of roleplay is how I would use it. I find myself... When I ask for skill checks, I feel I do them a little differently than most people I've played with or played, you know, or watched, where somebody will do something. And then I say, okay, you know, I usually give two or three options. Like, okay, give me, eh, shoot, give me an arcana or history check. That's that's a pretty common one. Yeah. Um, your acrobatics or your athletics, your... Yeah. yeah. But even even down to, like, I'm fine if my players... Like, if I say, okay, you know, give me this check, and my players ask, could I do this check instead? Um, so sometimes, if it's if you want to use a very specific check, if you set up 
your role play, whatever you're doing to try and make a very specific check. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to ask the DM, hey, I'm I'm trying to do this. Is that okay if I do that check? And of course, you know, you're still up to the will of your DM mm-hmm. to be like, okay, yes or no. Um, but I think most people are okay with all right, you know. Uh, can I make an? There's a, there's a there is a variant rule in the DMG that is um, using different abilities for certain skill checks. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want to, I don't know, use uh, your strength for intimidation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I pick up this boulder and, and throw it at the wall to intimidate them. Can I use my strength sword? I don't see anything wrong with asking that. Or like grabbing them by the scruff of their neck and holding them over a cliff. For intimidation, yeah. I almost thought you were going to say grab them by their scrotum. Thank you for not doing that. I mean, you could do that too. <laughs> uh, I will. This isn't directly related, but I've been wanting. I, one of the ideas I have for a short, a YouTube short, is the idea of the urban stealth check, which I like to call a performance check. Mm, so, okay. like, obviously you have your stealth to try and hide and obfuscate yourself, but in a situation where, like, you're at a festival and you're trying to blend in using your performance skill to try and appear as uh, innocuous or, or fly under the radar would be more appropriate than a stealth check kind of thing. And thinking about what kinds of checks you would normally associate and what other skills could apply to those kinds of checks can help kind of just make it a bit more, a bit more just free form and open and can open your mind to some new ideas for how to run things. I also like the uh, ask for the most random check because, <laughs> uh, so like, I would like to go, uh, can I can I try to open this chest? Sure, roll a performance check. Uh, all right, uh, 15. All right, you start humming the, uh, the, the tune that the bard was uh, teaching you earlier. It sounds pretty good. Did I open the chest? Oh, the chest starts humming along. Uh, roll initiative. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all roads lead to bossing say says thank you so much these are great scribbles furiously there thank you, go. you for the question there you go. thank you everybody for the questions that's uh there's that's about all we got right now that's about all we got a uh, last second for questions in the meantime this has been episode 13 mm-hmm. of the dungeon bros podcast it's an unlucky number i don't really care well as long as it saves exports properly i think we'll be good yeah uh as we discussed previously, we are doing a giveaway for our Blood Magic Supplement, which is going to release at the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. We're giving away seven copies, four of them to members of our Discord community, and three to people that go to our giveaway video on TikTok, like the video, uh, follow us, and then comment on the video who their favorite D&D TikTok creator is that isn't us. Yeah. Feel free to share and repost it as well. We would like that, but it won't help your odds. You will also be able to buy the supplement if you would like on Drive Through RPG for four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to make it super expensive. We also have a lot of free packs available for you on our Drive Through RPG. We have four total for January, February, March, and April. We'll release a Blood Magic one as well in May that is free. And we'll it's going to include things that are not in the Blood Magic pack. It's going to include a couple things that are, but a couple things that uh, ideas that we came up with a little bit too late in the development of the pack. So it'll be its own little separate sort of teaser. So you can get your you can get the free one, and if you like it, then you can throw us the five dollars or more if you want. 
All of the free ones are pay what you want, and that's the best way to support us by far. Mm -hmm. uh, you can join our Discord server, which is link in the bio. You can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. That's where you can catch episodes of the podcast. Uh, we do a lot of. We also do video breakdowns of all of our homebrew releases, and we are starting to work our way towards doing proper YouTube videos. I have one that I've been working on very slowly because life. Yeah. Uh, about using spell points, the variant spell points rule, specifically with the warlock. Uh, also want to do some new YouTube shorts that are specific to YouTube that we're not going to release on TikTok, at least not immediately. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. All of this stuff in the link tree, in the bio. In the link tree of the bio of the TikTok, as well for the Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and... I think that's something it. else. Drive through RPG? Drive through RPG. That's there it is. what it is. There it is. There it is. Unless we have anything left on the TikTok Live... Dollars to bossing, say, asking, do you know where to get the link to the Discord server? I do. It's in the link tree in the bio of the TikTok, as well as the YouTube and the Twitter. Not on the podcast services around the globe. You can listen to the podcast on Apple and Google and Spotify and all, those all the big ones. Feel free to review us as well. We would love that. It helps the algorithm. Yeah. Uh, five five stars, preferably. Five stars. That'd be great. Um, that would be great. Write a review. Say uh, that we, the Dungeon Bros, had a fire extinguisher ready at the ready at the ready when you caught on fire yeah we were we were there waiting you know in spider-man 2 when he swings in and it's the green goblin uh we're spider-man and you're the green goblin except you're not evil and you're not going to try and like murder us no and we just pull you out of the fire yeah we're uh yeah we will lay you down on a bed uh when your son enters the room yep um if you're dead and we will not tell harry no we will not tell Harry. We will, we will, well, two movies later we might tell Harry, but... Yeah, he'll kind of find out. Yeah, he'll figure it out on his own, for the most part. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to the moon. They'll get to us in about three weeks. Yeah. If you don't get that reference, go check out our other podcasts and let us know when you find it. With that being said... With that being said... This has been... I thought you were going to peace out. Oh, well, this has been episode 13. <laughs> episode 14, we'll be talking about the blood pack. Get excited. We will, be, we will be talking about our blood magic supplement on episode 14. I'm very excited. Peace.